for me, it's it's the literal concept of never, ever, ever sitting down on myself. Yes, I just ran a marathon and I'm going to go over here and host a bomb ass workshop for 50 girls who are going to come and learn about why running a marathon is cool and challenging and why they should set sky high goals as well. This is a Soul Fire production. You are listening to episode 165 of Yes And. And as always, this episode is brought to you by our studio sponsor, Advocare, one of my favorite supplement companies. And guys, if you want to check them out and try before you buy, listen, I'm going to send some Advocare right to your front door. All you got to do is leave a five-star review of this podcast and email it to me at hello at judyholler.com. You screenshot it, email it to me, and you're going to get some free Advocare. So take me up on that. I got to tell you, their supplements are incredible. And especially, I think my favorite these days are the pre-workout, the biofuel, and the rehydrate, uh, specifically since I started working with a personal trainer. So if you're interested, uh, leave a review to try it before you buy it or use my code, feelbetter15, that's feelbetter15, to get discounts and support this podcast when you do. Did you know that seven in 10 girls believe that they aren't good enough or don't measure up in some way, including their looks, performance in school, and relationships with friends and family members? Did you know that COVID-19 triggered at least a 25% increase in cases of anxiety and depression worldwide? Did you know that one in four young adults are now suffering with an anxiety condition and one in five have a depressive disorder? If we as adults are struggling, I mean, just look at the suicide of Twitch, one of the seemingly happiest adult humans on the internet and in life, always smiling and someone you would consider to have it all, really ended it all because the monsters in his mind got louder than the love. If that is happening, it's hard to fathom what our children went through and are still going through. And as a parent, if you're a parent, you know there's no limit to the support you're willing to give your child in order to help them be successful. You want to see them grow into a confident, successful adult who is able to navigate the challenges of the world with grace and determination. And the bottom line is this, like our youth's declining mental health poses a legit threat to the overall health of our communities and our society. Enter Girls Mentorship and our phenomenal, and stunning and beautiful guest today, Mary and Jill. So Mary Francis has a BS in exercise and wellness from ASU, Arizona State University. And I love this, an MBA in the school of hard knocks, baby. Uh, My hand is raised. Uh, She also, I love this, calls herself a hot a hot leader, humble, open, and transparent. She uh, is very open in sharing about her tumultuous past, dealing with family trauma, CPS, and a broken home, all of which have led to a strong desire to break the mold and assist others in doing the same. And then Jill, her partner in crime, Jill Peterson, is a mom, an experienced coach, and former leader at Lululemon, where she spent nearly a decade building her passions and career. Jill holds a BA in interdisciplinary studies from Arizona State University. She received a certificate in mindfulness leadership from ASU in 2018 and is Yoga Alliance 200 hours certified. Now, These two are just incredible. Their energy is exceptional. They light up a room. They are phenomenal presenters and really on a mission to empower girls 
through their girls' mentorship program. So today's episode is for you if you are a parent, specifically if you are a parent of a tween or a teen. Uh, And really today, as we focus on leadership, you know, this is a leadership track, a leadership episode. It's the second episode of March, and uh, we're talking about leadership. But let's talk today specifically about leading the next generation of women, our daughters, our stepdaughters, our granddaughters, our sisters, our nieces. You know, if you have a young girl in your life that worries too much about what other people think, that lacks confidence, that has a hard time bouncing back from mistakes, that follows more than she leads, that has an attitude towards you or other authority figures, that cares more about likes and followers than other important and prudent responsibilities listen up. We touch on all of it. Jill, Mary, and Girls Mentorship can help. And today you're going to get a sneak peek into the work they're doing to create valuable life lessons to help young women generate self-awareness, self-worth, and self-confidence. Guys, my kind of mission, my kind of movement, my kind of girls, because that's what they're doing. They're creating a movement for young girls. And it's one I can't wait to share with you because I know when we invest in our girls, we're investing in the future. So buckle up. Here's our chat. The countdown, it always really gets you. <laughs> Girls, I'm so glad you're here. You guys, when we when we go record, um, before we record, there's a countdown, fam. So it's a five, um, four. It's a five and a five, four, three, two, one. Like we're back in <laughs> dance camp. Dancing. No, I think that's a five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, wrong wrong way, but that's okay. It's been a minute. It's almost guys. we're counting down the new year. Yes. We are. We are. This is so good. And I am, I have been counting down, pun intended, the minutes until we get to spend this time together because I am so excited for the listeners to just sort of take you in and feel your energy and most importantly, learn all about the very important work you're doing in this world. And anybody that tunes into my show knows that I've got a history with this subject because as a little girl, um, and I know we've all got our stories, which is why we end up finding ourselves in the work that we're in. But as a little girl, you know, and even today as a big girl um, mm. that still has that little girl inside of her. You know, I I did not have a relationship with my mom and I had to really um, look to the outside and find women to mentor me, to show me what's possible because I believe that little girls can't be what they don't see. And you two are showing them whether they have a positive role model in the home or not that there is someone safe to talk to. There, there are completely valid things on the other side of their feelings. And you're doing this really incredible work in the world as it relates to mentoring young girls. So before we kind of click into all the fucking things, because there is so much goodness in the work you're doing, and I'm going to link up to everything in the show notes so people can literally go down the magical rabbit hole that is girls' <laughs> mentorship. But first, but first, we have to talk about you two. Okay, so I need to know how you two met and how this idea for girls mentorship was sort of hatched. (laughs) Oh my goodness. We love the story of how we met. It feels like a romantic relationship, but it's not. Um, So first of all, you're going to hear two voices. My name is Mary. My co-pilot here is Jill. Hey, fam. We really empower people to call us Jerry or Mill, um, you know, because (laughs) when we morph the same person, (laughs) Mill. 
We've really, we have. We've become one. Two have become one. <laughs> Two have become one. Um, this is already awkward and I love right? it. Yes. We like to say it's a bit. We're always doing We're some always, type of comedy bit. We are. So we met circa 2016. Jill was in charge of the Scottsdale Quarter Lululemon, you know, a small That's known bad. company. It's it's local here to Arizona. <laughs> um, and I owned a CrossFit gym. Um, and I'm not sure if anybody that listens to your podcast knows how lucrative owning a gym can be when you're splitting the profits with two other business partners, but <laughs> I needed to supplement my income. And as opposed to like going to a bar or a restaurant and waiting tables, I was like, what works in conjunction with owning a gym? I was like, I need to beef up my closet. Let's go to Lululemon. <laughs> And not only did I walk away with a beefy closet, I walked away with an incredible friendship, a great community, and an all-around phenomenal experience working for a company that really gave a shit about their people. It wasn't just about the pants. It was about their people. So Jill and I really got to know one another um, by folding stretchy pants in the midst of holiday season, right? There's mounds and mounds of clothes that people are trying on. And here we are just folding next to one another, getting getting to know the ins and outs of our lives. I feel like this is the beginning of an SNL sketch. <laughs> like, it's, it's a total bit. Yes. Um, and I'll kind of piggyback off of this story because in 2018, I left the company to pursue what was next in my life? And I had no plan. I just knew that what I loved most about my job at Lululemon was developing people. I loved Mm. developing them through their vision and their goals and holding them accountable and showing up for them and coaching them. And and unfortunately, sometimes having to be the person to give them that tough feedback. But always at the end of the day, I wanted people to know how committed I was to their growth. And what I learned over almost being with the company for 10 years, I lived in a bubble. They're the world. A Lululemon a bubble. Lululemon it's safe bubble. in there. It's soft. It <laughs> is safe and, and soft. buttery yeah. soft like those Elaine <laughs> pants. <laughs> um, but what I saw was such an opportunity for me to be a leader in an unknown space. So how could mm. I go and do the work that I was doing at Lululemon, but on my own? So I jump shipped in 2018, and I also learned very quickly that my community that was Lululemon, I don't have a community anymore. So who are my people? Because I thrive in connection. I need people around me to help me be my best self. And Mary, luckily, she was part-time at Lululemon, but she was also very well-known in the community outside of Lululemon. So I said, Mayor, you're going to all of these events, these women networking groups. Can I like hitch on your wagon? And, and I come said, with? absolutely not. Get out of here. <laughs> you, left, <laughs> you left the, the family. <laughs> no, it was so fun for me to reach my hand back because as much as Jill loves developing people. I love bringing people along for the ride. Um, I'm very independent. I'm super outspoken, but I like to be independent with other people. So it's always fun for me to open the door to an unknown community and bring what I found as a wealth of knowledge and experience and and good stuff for me to give that to other people. There's no reason to hoard it, right? So we started going to all these events 
together now and really building our repertoire, if you will, in terms of just being like those ride or die girlfriends. Um, We have come up in the age of powerhouse women and getting to go to the Bliss Project with Lori Harder and seeing those women um, really build their communities and build success around looping other women in. And we've been lucky enough to be really great friends with Lindsay Schwartz, who um, is the founder of Powerhouse Women before Powerhouse Women was a thing. So we got to really see the inner workings of building community and hosting events. And little did we know that those skills would turn around and add to what we're doing right now. So circa 2018, Jill leaves. We, you know, create our own little community around what we're doing. And then bam, the pandemic 2020 hits, right? <laughs> dun, there was dun, dun. there was little stuff in between. Obviously, we were working towards what we didn't know we were working towards. Um, and the pandemic hit, right? And nobody knew what was going on. Nobody knew what to expect. But what I knew was as independent as I was and how how much I enjoyed the time, the, the time that was given to us to stay home and not really go to work and, and take a pause, really. As much as I enjoyed that independent time, I also knew that I was not going to survive without seeing my friend. So I spent a lot of time with Jill and her family. And, um, you know, we had a lot of fun. We had so much fun over the pandemic together. Um, And in that fun was um, a call to do more. And that more was giving back to a particular group of people that was really suffering during the pandemic, which was our kids, right? So Jill and I both possessed these leadership and development skills. We'd been working on our own. Let me, let me take a step back. We'd been working on extinguishing our own dumpster fires, our own lives, (laughs) the lack of skills, the lack of things that we didn't know that we didn't know for the better part of the last 10 years. So we were well equipped to help other people grow and develop themselves. And straight up, God called us up and God called us out to lead a mission with teenage girls. Because, I mean, if you don't know, we were teenage girls once. And that's where the <laughs> yeah, dumpster God, fire. remember that? Yeah. yeah. The, no, the beginning fires. of the dumpster fire. Totally. That's where the dumpster fire really started was in those um, tween and teen years. So we got the call to really step up into what we know now, what we really feel within our heart of hearts is our absolute God-given purpose, what we were put on this planet to do, and that is to serve the teenage girl population, to teach them the things that we didn't know that we didn't know. It's so good. Uh, It's so beautiful. Thank you for the story. Um, You have this equally beautiful website, girlsmentorship.com. We'll link to it. And very prominently on the website, you will see, guys, when you navigate there, you will see a a statistic that you can't unsee. And it says this, seven in 10 girls believe that they are not good enough or don't measure up in some way, including their looks, performance in school, and relationships with friends and family members. And it was like, almost like hard for me to say that out loud because it is so heartbreaking because you know, like we've been there. A, I feel it because I know it, I was it. And sometimes I am it, but I also know um, you grow out of it, right? And so you can. You can. You can, you can at least increase your tolerance for pain. So right. how are you like, 
you guys are working with girls, uh, specifically teens right now, maybe some preteen. Like, what are some of the bigger, um, outside of that, like, what are some of the bigger struggles you're seeing right now? You know, I rattled off that stat. What else is bubbling up? What are you guys hearing on the streets as you're out there? Like, what are the, <laughs> the most common things that are going down with girls yeah. right now that we need to really be aware of? Because maybe our girls at home aren't talking about it. Yeah. I think a couple of things immediately come to my mind. One, girls are feeling lonely. Mm. Loneliness is at an all-time high because when we feel uncomfortable, and when I say we, I'm, I'm going to speak for the girls. When we feel uncomfortable, we pull out our screen or we get lost in um, kind of just pushing down those feelings. Filling a void. And filling a void with mm. screen time, whether that's Roblox or Minecraft or YouTube or Snapchat or whatever their platform of choice is. And we do that just as a side note because of brain chemistry, right? So we get really quick hits of dopamine from doing things like scrolling social media, right? We get that quick hit of quote unquote happiness, but it's fleeting mm -hmm. and it's dangerous mm -hmm. because just like any other addiction, right? If we're talking drinking, smoking, gambling, those quick hits only last so long before more quick hits are needed. So we're seeing mm -hmm. screen times go through the roof mm -hmm. and social media, whether whether your opinion on it is good or bad, it came on so fast for all of us that we haven't put the appropriate regulations mm -hmm. and, and borders, the guardrails guard around it. So the loneliness yeah. that Jill just mentioned is only getting worse because we're not having open conversations, enough open conversations around how to use social media effectively and positively. Mm -hmm. Because, and I'm a parent, so listen, I when I need to get shit done, I give my kids a screen. Here you go. I know right. sometimes it pacifies them in order for me to get what I need to get done. However, I am in this work. I am in this work to support parents and girls, and I know the effects. And we need to do a better job and that's what Mary and I really love to also educate parents on is how to support your kids in undoing their addiction to their screen time because the result is loneliness. And all they're craving, which kind of ties into the second point what I was going to say, they're craving friendship. They have no idea how to make friends because they feel so awkward in their body, in how they're going to be judged. Um, we like to say that, especially tweens and teens, they're in this phase of um, in of their adolescence around seeking their identity. And so they constantly think that people are watching them when realistically, that's where we get to come in and tell them, the only people that they're worried about is themselves. So yeah. this invisible monster or this invisible audience is such a, a myth that we get to come in and support them to say, hey, it's it's you don't need to care so much about what other people think. Because other people are caring so much about, about what, what they, they think. think. And True. it's this like gnarly cyclical Cycle. thing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Damn. So those are the two, I'd say those are the two biggest things outside of what you've already mentioned that we get to really come in, 
support, and then watch transformation happen. Like that's, that's the cool part. I don't think Mary and I really get to say that like, wow, we get to see girls transform their lives, but we do in celebrating when they do get to make friends or when the bad situation doesn't become bad anymore. Um, and it's, mm. it's really cool work and it's important work. And this is why we're on the mission to keep spreading it to as many people as we possibly yes. can. And that, I mean, that is like the most beautiful segue. I mean, one of the questions I knew I had to ask you two today, and maybe you each have one or you have a collective one, like you get to be a part of the transformation, right? You get to watch. And I hope you make the time to record those, not like record them for social, but like record them somewhere sacred, um, whether it's in your memory or uh, on a piece of paper or whatever, to, to really recognize the work you're doing and the massive change you are helping girls make in a really tough time in life. So I'm like, okay, I've got to ask them, what's their favorite transformation story? Like, what is the coolest teen transformation? Because first of all, teens are hard to transform. <laughs> so if you can transform a teen, I feel like you deserve a gold medal. Um, <laughs> so what are some of your favorite, like maybe you each have one or a collective one. What's a teen transformation that is really um, been a result of the work you're doing that makes you smile so big? Um, we're lucky to do a lot of different type of work. So when we first started, we had this idea of how the business was going to go. I'm sure that doesn't sound familiar to any business owner. <laughs> oh, <laughs> to the choir. Right. Oh my God. Um, but we thought we were going to be doing a lot more group activities based on how we launched our business. And that was not the case because coming right out of the pandemic, parents wanted their kids to work with us one-on-one. -on -one. They wanted that oh attention to detail, nobody else distracting them in person, one-on-one. -on -one. So we came across this one family and this one client to where they were, they, they speculated on whether this would quote unquote work or not, but they had done a lot of other work, therapy included, which we love to say we're either the step right before therapy to help give girls the tools to focus on the here and now. They might not need therapy, but therapy might be the only thing parents know to reach out to or the step after therapy so they can implement what they learned in therapy with us in that here and now. So, so this family had done a lot of things in order to help their daughter grow and they heard us talk at a school and they approached us afterwards and they were like, this sounds like what my daughter needs. So how do we get started? I don't care what it costs. Let's just do it. So we embarked on this journey with this family and we had one-on-one -on -one sessions with this girl um, every week for eight weeks. She was a senior in high school um, and she was really guarded, but there were so many little cool innuendos along the way. Like we actually mentored one of her best friends the year prior. She didn't know it. We had that revelation. Um, <laughs> I think the first session that we met her to instantaneously bring down her walls because her best cool. friend had talked about these girls that she had worked with in such a positive manner, right? So instantaneously, this girl's walls came down and she was very open and really honest with us and took our feedback. And I mean, her she just, she came along for the ride. She was open to whatever we suggested, the work we had her do, the exercises, the activities. And she took a really big leap. She went to college out of the country, not just out of state, but out of the entire country. Um, her parents were obviously nervous and concerned, but ready to watch her soar after this work. And Jill and I got invited to her graduation party. Oh. And I'll never forget walking into that house and locking eyes. Jill and I locked eyes with her 
dad. And we hadn't seen him through the process. We had emailed back and forth and we had conversations. We met him that first night, you know, sent him the bill for the invoice. He signed (laughs) off on it, but we hadn't seen him for probably three, four months to this point. And we locked eyes and he beelined over to us. He was talking to somebody else. He beelined over to us, cut that conversation short and just held us in such an incredible embrace. And he said, you both saved my daughter's life. We owe like how incredibly positive our family dynamic has been, how far we've seen Maya come and grow. We owe that to you. And we're so thankful to the services you've provided our family. And I shit you not. I mean, it was very tearful. (laughs) We were I am like over here like completely (laughs) fighting them back. Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit. You know, and that's that's the reminder. (laughs) Yeah. You're working not just with the kids, but you're working with and for the parents too. And that is a big part of your work. You're working with educators, the kids themselves, and my goodness, definitely the parents. Um, I love that. Jill, would you uh, have a separate one? Yeah, I have. I, that's one of my favorites. One of my favorites. Um, a highlight from last summer camp that comes to mind for me, there was this little girl who Mm. came in, in all black hood on, um, her AirPods in and she, Mm -hmm. her arms crossed her body language read, do not even look at me, talk to me. me. I don't even want to be here. My mom forced me to come. Right. Like so, I hate everyone here. I this hate everyone. Worse. This is yeah. stupid. I there's pink everywhere and glitter and disco balls. <laughs> like this is not my scene. Um, and we just are one of the things that Mary and I do really well with every single girl that we come in contact with is make sure that they feel seen, that they feel heard, and they feel loved. And we took the time to get to know her, even if she was short in her responses to us, but we made sure she was included. Um, we went out of our way to make sure that, hey, when you hang out with us at Girls Mentorship, this is a family. We don't leave anybody behind and we really want to get to know you. Mm -hmm. So it was at the end of our week and we had some time left and I opened it up to the girls who has a talent here that they want to show their friends over the last 15 minutes that we have in camp. And she raised her hand. The girl who never spoke the quiet one that you would kind of, you know, pass a little bit of judgment on. She raised her hand and said, I can sing. Oh God. And she stood up and sang this beautiful song. And her mom was able to like walk into the room. And we had this moment with her mom. We were, you could tell how proud she was. And the girls lost it afterwards. They were like, it, it was almost like she won you know, a the Golden Globe, <laughs> a Grammy. Oh she God. won the Grammy. Yes, Best new she artist. won the Grammy. It was wow. one of the coolest moments to see. And for us to then share that with her mom and her mom is like, she's begging me to come back. Everything that we do, she wants to be a part of now because we took the time and it's just in those little moments. We had 48 hours with her. It was a two-day camp. And to see the person who she walked in as to the person who she left as was completely different. You know, that is, thank you. You know, that is so beautiful. And I think the key word there and the through line is trust, right? And I think so many times I think of me being a teenager, like all the shit I went through with my mom, so many of our problems 
came because I was lying because I couldn't trust her. I didn't feel, I felt like it was just any time, if I really said what I wanted to say or told her where I was really going, I felt like she would fly off the fucking handle and I never felt psychologically safe. I never felt safe, safe. And so it was easier for me to like roll the dice and just lie, which caused so many problems. And so it sounds like you're really, not just for parents, but for the girls that are in the spaces that you're creating, you're really uh, creating it's very similar to an improv theater room, right? We pump love and trust into the ether of those buildings so that we can go perform um, in a safe place. And you guys are doing that too. So how are you, you know, so you're, I hear you say you're hearing people, you're seeing people, you're making sure everyone feels included, eye contact. What other things are you doing or what do you instruct parents to do to really help build trust with their kids? Because I think so many problems happen when there is no trust. You know what I mean? That girl trusted you for her to stay For her to sing yeah. like that, man, she felt safe AF. Well, what's cool about teens and tweens is they're very impressionable, right? So, Judy, I was a little liar as well. Oh my liar, God. liar, pants We would have been besties. We would have been besties. I concealed so much because, because what? Fear of judgment, fear of your mom yeah. flying off the handle. All of it. Fear of getting caught, getting in trouble. Fear, okay. fear, fear, right? However, what's cool is teens can smell bullshit from a mile away. So they know whether you're for them or you're not you for them. You bullshit a bullshitter. You they are the best bullshitters. They are. And when they know without a shadow of a doubt that you have good intentions, for them, it helps create a space where they are feeling vulnerable, okay to feel vulnerable enough to do something like that. So the first piece of advice that I would give to any parent out there is stop pushing. Find community. Mm. Do you I mean cool. that follow up with a question? Did you tell your parents everything? And I guarantee you, a hundred percent of the people are shaking their head just like you. Absolutely not, you didn't. So don't turn that expectation around to your kid and expect them to tell you everything as well. Please create a safe environment for them that's open lines of communication where you don't say things like, we're so disappointed in you, right? You're going to get so much trouble if you Mm -hmm. do this. You're not creating a safe space for them to feel comfortable to come to you with their little problems, let alone their gigantic Mm -hmm. ones, because all they're going to see or feel or think or preconceive is mom's not going to trust me. I'm going to be in trouble. This is going to happen because you created an environment for them to be fearful of. So stop pressing them for information. Stop asking all these questions. Stop expecting them to tell you absolutely everything and create community for them to feel safe in. Brock is Jill's oldest son. He's Nine? He's nine. He's nine. She asked him who his best friends were the other day, and he rattled off, you know, Oliver and Chase and this person and this person. She goes, well, what about your female friends? And he said, such and such, and definitely Miss Mary. Right? That's a nine-year-old saying that I'm one of his best friends. Best friends. And he better freaking believe it. If he gets in trouble when he's 16 years old and he don't want to call mom, he better know that he can call me and I will be there in a heartbeat to help him clean up his mess, to help him through whatever he is going through. But we have to establish that as adults. We know better. We're the adults, right? We shouldn't be acting like the teens themselves. See, this is so good. Let me click into that a little bit because I think a lot of parents, so, so good. Gold, guys. Um, I think so many parents get confused though because they're like, well, what is, like you watch people struggle with parenting and friendship. 
Like, am I supposed to be their friend? Like, am I supposed to be cool here? Mm-hmm. Am I cool mom or my mom? But then if, <laughs> you know, so how do you help mom specifically? Because I watched the danger in that where there are, there are women, um, you know, female friends and acquaintances that I have that I think may walk a little bit of a fine line where now we're sort of um, forgetting that we're actually parenting and and that's our job right now, um, but also, but we're trying to build trust. So how do you help the confused parent um, sort of figure out how to dance the line between like what's a friend and what's a parent and how do I earn trust when I'm trying to be their parent and not their friend, right? Yep. And I don't have a Mary next door that can go bail my kid out of jail, right? <laughs> that is very true. Well, and you said it. What we tell those confused parents is that you have to parent. Period. You, can, you cannot be Period. their friend. Period. You, that friendship will evolve later when they're in their 20s. <sighs> Allow them to um, make their own friends somewhere else. But your job, number one, is to be their parent. And I think the biggest thing that we talk to a lot of our parents has to do with social media. And when we hand over our kids their phone for the first time, it's like, um, hi, do you want four million other people in your living room every single night? Like we're, we're caving because of society and, um, the kids feeling left out and it's like, let them feel left out. And it's okay that however you parent is going to be different than other people, but you're protecting them from, you're preventing them and protecting them from honestly the most dangerous, ugly, nasty things, especially on the internet when they're 10, 11, 12, etc. So our biggest thing is parent first and be their friend later in life. Right. Because as a parent, if you are preventing those things from happening, right, it's like, well, yeah. so-and-so has a phone and then you cave because you want to be that cool mom. No. Your kids are going to be totally fine, but you have to coach them through being Mm -hmm. fine. And it's okay for your kids to experience those emotions, those feelings of sadness, frustration, anger. You get to coach them through those because as a teen or tween, that's not the only time they're going to feel sadness, anger, depression, being pissed off, right? You have an opportunity to take that and, and, and coach them through that. So when they're an adult, they know how to handle those situations that are going to be much worse, right? So I love looking at it through the lens that you're not raising children. You're raising adults. And how are mm. you raising them to be positive, contributing yes. members of society, right? It's like a business. Jill was my boss. She was not my friend at Lululemon. And it wasn't her sole responsibility to develop me as an employee. She had other people Uh, assistant store managers, key leaders to also breathe life into me. So if you're feeling squeezed in a season of parenting, who can you lean on to help amplify this message of parenting? It's not, nobody ever said it was rainbows and butterflies are supposed to be fun all the time, right? Mm -hmm. But the reward does come when you can look back at getting through those hard times at the adult you raised and have that friendship then when they're fully mm. capable of being your friend and you know taking feedback in a way and applying it and all the things that come along with friendships that's reserved yes. for later that's the 1984 reserve bottle 
Dust that bad boy <laughs> off the shelf when, Dust yeah, it when off. you get to drink it together when yes. they're at the age yeah. when they're at the drinking for age. the eighties. Okay, represent. I love that. Um, yes, and to all of that, so good. You know, confidence. I can't uh, end you know this interview without asking you about confidence. You know, what's your perspective on it? You know, how do you feel? Girls get it. How do they build it? I think everybody thinks so differently about confidence. Like you earn it, you're born with it, whatever. Like, what is your perspective on confidence and and sort of how are you coaching girls there? Because for adult girls or girls, girls, I think confidence is always a hot topic, right? Always. First of all, first of all, and I'll pass this one to Jill, but this isn't a Maybelline commercial. Maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's Maybelline. (laughs) No, 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 no. None of us are born with the innate ability to be confident. Mm -hmm. None of us. We breed it. We practice it. Did y'all hear that? Did y'all hear that? We practice it. We we are of the mindset that you are not born with it. You get to create it. You get to make it. And how you do that and how we teach our girls is by showing them other people that they can be inspired by and learn from. So Mary and I come off as very energetic and we're loud and exuberant. And that might not be every single girl that's sitting in the room with us. So we also like to address the girls who are a little more reserved, who are quiet, to say that you do not have to be us. And your quiet is confident. And when you speak, people listen. So how do we include everybody to see that they are leaders in their own minds, in their own lives. They don't need to be on a stage. They don't need to be the leader of their soccer team. But if we can really pour into them who they are in that moment, that's how they're going to develop their confidence 1% at a time. Mm -hmm. One, 1%, 1% at a time. It's not going from zero to 100, right? It's not jumping on that stage. It's literally that quiet confidence. And it's, it's, making sure that every single girl that we come in contact with, as well as their parents, shout out, hey, parents, is making (laughs) sure that they know that they have influence and impact. And I think there's this unfair tie between the two of those, like confidence comes from being influential or vice versa. It like you don't have to be the exuberant, outgoing, extroverted have person. Have 100,000 people following no, you too. Right. No. no, you're influential Correct. just as you are. And the more that we can breathe belief into somebody who might be a little bit more quiet. Let's go back to the girl who flat out started singing at summer camp. She had a huge influence on every other girl in that oh, room. Right. And when you can see other people rise to the occasion or sit up straight or put their shoulders back, that breeds confidence in your ability to influence people, which in turn creates more confidence in you. Yes. And that story is influencing the thousands and thousands and thousands of people that are going to listen to this episode. Like it lives on. And same with the dad who hugs you, right? Those stories breed the next spark, the next inspiration, the next transformation, right? So it's kind of that beautiful gift that keeps on giving. So I I think your answers are incredible. Um, and I love it. Like, I feel like you guys need t-shirts. Like maybe she's born with it. Maybe she makes it herself. Right? Like, (laughs) Maybe. Like, bitch, I did the work. Bitch, I did the work. work. (laughs) Like, seriously, like I always say, um, you know, the perspective I have on confidence is, um, you know, people assume you need confidence to go do scary things. 
things, but I think it's in doing of the scary uh-huh. things and then living to talk about it uh-huh. that you go, oh shit, if I can do that, I'm still, there's still a heart. I can still breathe. I still got blood in my veins. Okay, maybe I can do this. And then maybe I can do this. Maybe I can do this, right? Like you guys speak, right? And you orate and you have to put yourselves out there. And the first speech is a lot different than the 10th speech, right? right? And, you know, the first day at school, not different than the last day at school, right? Absolutely. And so I just think Amen. like reps, baby. We need reps, 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 reps. So, okay, there. I mean, there are a thousand things I could talk to you about. And um, this podcast, unfortunately, cannot be a thousand hours long. Uh, but I do <laughs> want to ask you, you know, the work that you're doing now, you have this beautiful new website and there's so many places, um, you know, people can go to learn about you. We'll link up to everything in the show notes. But what's your favorite work right now? If there is a mom listening, if there's a parent listening, if there's someone that has a teen in their life listening, like where are we, how do you want them to work with you? If someone's like, I need these, I need Jill and Mary in my life. I need Jill and Mary in my daughter's life. Uh, tell us how we work with you and what what is your favorite work to be doing in the world right now? How can we hire you basically? Uh, Sell your shit, girls. Sell your shit. So there's a lot of like baselines, right? We talk about this funnel in business, this non-favorite F word. So (laughs) we have a podcast. We have an Instagram. We have an online community. So we have a podcast called What's the Lesson where we turn all the things that we think are happening to us into lessons that are actually happening for us to really refine our social emotional learning skills. Instagram, we're pretty funny on Instagram. So we love when people follow us there and garner nuggets. I love nuggets you guys on from- Instagram. Oh, thank yes. you. Thank you. Um, we also are on a really cool, this is a Gen Z app. I think it's like the new aged Facebook groups Ooh. for Gen Zers to come be in community with us. So as opposed cool. to following us on social media, they can be in conversation with us about what they're dealing with on a day-to-day basis. That's called Geneva. It's 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 like a home. We have a home base and we have different rooms in our house. Oh, you send me the link 100%. so I can link to it? Okay, sure. perfect. Um, what we're really excited about, the, the major impact that we know we can make is in our summer camps. So we throw summer camps that are here in Arizona in June and July, and we are going big this summer, y'all. So we That's have the opportunity funny. to impact um, a slew of girls, Girls, yes, um, and you might hear it here first. We're we're gonna test the water with boys this year. Oh, you stop it! I Bring know. them in. We're, Bring them in, baby. Yeah. Bring them in. Social emotional learning is not just a problem that girls and parents need to really revel in. It's a problem for everyone, and we know that we've been able to do this for girls for the last two and a half years. We're gonna do the same work for boys. It might not be Jill and I leading the work, but we know. Cool. Um, a plethora of different community leaders that can come in and speak the same message that boys also need to hear. So our summer camp is going to be off the chains this summer. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. So that. I love you guys. Yeah. So fun. This is incredible. Um, you know, I'm over here for all of it. I'm cheering you on. And, um, you know, obviously I'm local here in AZ, so don't make me crash one of your summer camps and help oh, in any capacity. You, I will oh, show up more with to improv come. and disco balls, whatever yeah. you need. <laughs> Call me. I will help. You got um, it, girlfriend. Seriously. But okay. So girls, the name of this podcast is called Yes And, okay? Really inspired by uh, the mental health mantra that is the first thing we learned in the improv theater, which is to say yes. And then, and right. Like, yes, I'm doing this or yes, this has happened. And here's the next thing I'm going to do. Right. So, you know, when I offer up those two words to you, that mantra to you, how, 
What does it mean for you? And, and how important do you think that mindset is specifically in the work you're doing? And certainly, you know, maybe even how it shows up in your life. And I'll let you both answer. Um, yes, and. Mine. Okay. Yes, and for me, um, I am a mom and I am a business owner. So yes, I can have family and children that I prioritize and I make them truly, they are my why. And I get to have this incredible business. I get to work with my best friend and my business partner to make a massive impact. And you can have both. I can have both. So the mindset for me of yes and is that it's not um, it's not a one or done. It is a you can have your cake and eat it too. And um, it has helped me especially um, know when I need to go a little more in on my family or when to pull back or when I need to go a little more in on my business. It's helped me say that I can I can have it all and I can do it all. Ooh, it's how you savor the seasons. Ooh, I love that. Amen. Both yes. and, both and. Ooh, so good. So good, Jill. Mary, what do you think? I think it's the fact that we are so susceptible to being in boxes that society puts us in. Um, so mm -hmm. yes, I do this, but I also am capable of doing this. Yes, mm. I give a hundred percent in this part of my life, but that doesn't mean that I don't have anything left to give over here. So it's, it's the concept for me that I'm never going to arrive somewhere. I'm never going to have accomplished it all quote unquote. So for me, it's, it's the literal concept of never ever, ever sitting down on myself. Yes, I just ran a marathon and I'm going to go over here and host a bomb ass workshop for 50 girls who are going to come and learn about why running a marathon is cool and challenging and why they should set sky high goals as well. I am never going to sit down on myself. And I think it's our job as women, as leaders, as um, the people that girls are certainly looking up to, to stand up in an otherwise sit down world. Right. And uh, that requires us to bust right the fuck out of the box. Mm -hmm. So I am here for it. You two definitely did not disappoint. I mean, you guys, are you as obsessed with them as I am? If you don't love <laughs> Jill and Mary and everything girls mentorship after, I hope your phone is ringing off oh. the hook. Uh, do people call people anymore? I don't know. I hope your email is ringing off the hook yes. uh, and your uh, Instagram DMs are ringing off the hook oh, after invite, this interview. We're, we're inviting everybody who's tuning in. Let's be best friends. Let's do it. Seriously, we, we're inviting girls. that in. We love you, Judy. Thank you. Oh, back at you, girls. So glad to have met you. And, um, you know, just thanks for your time. And most importantly, thank you for the work you're doing in the world. We're so the grateful. Love. Thank you. All right, y'all, can you leave in with those two? It's so good. Please go to the links in the show note and go down the rabbit hole of all the magic that is Mary and Jill and girls. Mentorship, my goodness, if you're a mom of a teen or a tween girl, this is the resource you have been waiting for. In the meantime, let me know what you thought about this episode. As always, I love being here with you. I thank you for the gift of your time. Thank you for sharing this episode with someone you love, with friends, family, peeps. Thanks for the reviews. Thanks for supporting Advocare, which supports this podcast. And I can't wait to be here with you again next week. Until then, shine on, babe.